Tanya Burton here, and I have a very special guest with me today. I'm a huge fan of his work, been following him on social media. This guy took on the Big Mac challenge. He ate it for a Big Mac every single day for 30 days, made sure it fit in his calories, and he lost seven pounds. He has almost 700,000 followers on social media. He is Gary Vaynerchuk's personal trainer, and He's a 27th degree black belt in chugging coffee. Hashtag unicorn blood. Thank you and welcome Jordan Syed. That was probably the best introduction I've ever heard in my life. That was so well done. Wow, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm excited to be here. Well, thanks for joining. Um, today I wanna to talk about something that's unusual when it comes to us as fitness coaches because we we teach our clients um, sustainability, right? We teach them moderation. We teach them balance in their meals with family time. Um, we break the myth of you gotta be perfect to see results because you don't have to. But there is a moment when there is time for a rapid fat loss approach, right? Yes, absolutely. So let's talk about that in, in a healthy way, not you know dramatic. But what are some of your pros and cons for, for those who are wanting to do a rapid fat loss? I love this. I think it's a really good discussion point because I think the fitness industry tends to demonize it, right? The, the fitness industry and, you know, the fitness industry runs on a pendulum of extremes. It's either good for you or bad for you, right or wrong, healthy right. or unhealthy. There's very rarely do we see people having a logical discussion in the gray area, which is really where most of the answers and, or lie. Um, I wouldn't recommend a rapid fat loss protocol for 90% of people. I just, I just wouldn't recommend it for the vast majority of people. Um, if you're already relatively lean, I don't think it's a good idea. You're more likely to lose lean muscle mass. Um, if you have a history of disordered eating, binge eating, anything like that, I think it is absolutely completely off the table. Um, but if we, I mean, you're based in America, correct? Is that where you're correct. at? Where in the States are you? Missouri. Missouri, got it. Okay, so I mean, we look in the United States and across the world, we have a, an obesity epidemic. It's like a serious issue. So the vast majority of people actually do have a lot of weight to lose, unfortunately. Um, and if you look in the research, you'll see that there's a tremendous amount of efficacy for rapid fat loss protocols with people who have a lot of weight to lose. Not forever, but initially to kickstart it for many, many reasons. Number one is oftentimes people who have a lot of weight to lose, just moving, it hurts. It's, it's not comfortable, it hurts. And so to get rid of some of that excess weight at the very beginning helps them move better. And, and I think probably the biggest part of all of that is it allows you to increase your confidence in yourself. It allows you to increase, uh, the term is called self-efficacy. It's a little bit different than confidence, but basically most people have a lot of weight to lose they don't actually believe they can do it. Mm -hmm. They're coming from a place of very low self-esteem, very insecure, very scared, very worried, very unsure of their ability to actually lose the weight and keep it off forever. And what you have to do as a fitness professional, as a practitioner, as a coach, you have to find ways to help them believe in themselves. Because if they don't, nothing you do will work. If they don't believe they can succeed, nothing will work. So you have to start from the perspective of, what actions can I take as a coach that will help this person believe more in their ability to succeed? And with someone who has a lot of weight to lose, helping them lose rapidly at the beginning, first week, first two weeks, first month, whether it's 10 pounds, 15 pounds, 20 pounds, initially is like, wow, 
I can actually do this. Yeah. Now you sort of have to parry that at the same time with setting realistic expectations for what will come after the rapid fat loss for the difficulties they'll have for the slower weight loss down the road. But it doesn't matter any of that stuff if they don't first initially believe they can do it to begin with. So that's where I think you have the, the biggest amount of efficacy for rapid fallacies is with people who have a lot of weight to lose. Yeah, because you know, a lot of people, um, we, want, we want to Amazon Prime our bodies, we just want it <laughs> in two days. <laughs> so, which, uh, you know, it's not realistic. So I, I fully believe the flexible dieting approach, but there is room for some rapid fat loss. And like you said, for people who are a little bit more overweight, it's that confidence building. It's that, that belief in themselves, like I can do this. So when would be the best time for somebody to decide, Hey, I'm going to do this rapid fat loss approach. I would say the best time would be if you're, I mean, there, there's a lot that goes into it, but if you're at a place in which you don't believe you can succeed, you're, you're, you have a lot of body fat to lose. You're not exercising as much or at all. You, you don't have a handle on your nutrition. I think that is the best time to, to start it. Now, I think what's important to remember here, there are different ways to approach a rapid fallacy protocol. For example, I mean, there are some people who would say the best way to approach a rapid fallacy protocol is to do a juice cleanse. I think that's really stupid. It's a really dumb idea. Yeah. For me, when I approach a rapid fat loss protocol, I have to look at what are the most important parts of sustainable fat loss. The two most important parts of sustainable fat loss are your calorie intake and your protein intake. So a really good rapid fat loss protocol is going to get people focusing on their calorie intake and their protein intake, which is why for me, the best rapid fat loss protocol is going to radically reduce calories. And the vast majority of those calories will come from protein. That way, once they transfer into something more sustainable, they'll already know what foods are high in protein. It will be relatively easy for them to incorporate high protein foods into their diet, and they'll have a better idea of what an actual portion size looks like. Beautiful. So would you recommend somebody to like right off the bat, they start off with rapid or should they, you know, get their feet in the water with some flexible dieting approach and then get into a rapid fat loss? You know, if, if I'm talking to someone who has a history of disordered eating, binge eating, anything like that, I'll probably start with a more flexible approach. Uh, maybe they, they have 15, 20 pounds to lose. It's not that much. And it's more from an aesthetic perspective. I'll mm -hmm. probably start with a more flexible approach. If someone needs to lose weight for their health because their health is at risk, because walking hurts their knees, hurts their hips, hurts their backs, because they're coming at it from a risk of heart disease, from metabolic syndrome, from all these very real issues that are unfortunately overwhelmingly prevalent in our culture and society and world, then I would say rapid fat loss might be the best place to start. I love that. And there's, there's different ways or how long a duration should be for their fat loss approach. What's kind of recommended for you if somebody wants to do this for me whenever i'm working with someone it goes back to the how do i get them to believe in themselves right that's the the most important so when i am working with someone who has a lot of weight to lose they don't really believe they can succeed i always like to start with more brief time frames so sometimes i'll literally do 24 hours not because that's what i think is optimal but because 24 hours is doable for mm -hmm. most anybody. When I say, hey, we're going to do this for the next month, that's hard. Most people don't, most people 
even if they think they're being consistent, most people have never really been 100% consistent with a training and nutrition program for a month straight. They just, right. just haven't. Yeah. Uh, same, same goes for fitness coaches. I, I work with fitness coaches on helping them with their, their social media, their business. Most fitness coaches have never been consistent on social media for 30 days straight. And these same fitness coaches are like, why can't you be consistent for 30 days with your nutrition? It's like, why can't you be consistent with your social media for 30 days? It's yeah. is very difficult, right? So it's easier to be consistent when you love what you're doing and when you believe you can succeed. If you're a fitness coach and you don't believe that you're, you're actually going to be able to help many, many people because you don't know if you'll ever make it then why would you be consistent? You don't think you're going to be able to succeed anyway. You'll get mad at all the other fitness coaches who are doing really well, and you'll blame them. You'll blame the algorithm. You'll blame whatever. You won't take responsibility for yourself. Same thing with, with people who are trying to lose a lot of weight. They'll look at everyone else. They'll look at a lot, of, a lot of people like, well, it's their genetics or their parents or it's their lucky or this or that. And a lot of it's just coming from their own disbelief in them, their ability to succeed. So I'll start with maybe 24 hours. Maybe it'll be like, hey, let's do a three-day thing. Let's do a seven-day thing. And I'll always, that's part of a coach's job isn't to say, hey, here's your program, bye. A coach's right. job is like, hey, I'm here for you always. So let's start with 24 hours. Then when 24 hours is done, reinforce positively, super happy. That was amazing. Well done. Let's move it to 48 hours. Amazing. Well done. Let's move it to one week. Let's see how it goes. And every day they do it, the more they believe they can succeed. I love that. That's my favorite thing. Um, it, uh, well, one thing about you, but you're, you're so specific with your clients. Um, and I took that really as a fitness coach myself of don't do the cookie cutter, be real, be with them, make an impact on their life, not just quick fix, you know, teach them skills that will last them a lifetime. That way they could be independent. Um, and I like that there's no one answer for you. It's what does that person need right now? That's awesome. So let's say somebody needs to get started and like they really want to do this right now. Like, let's do this. Let's go. Where do they begin? How do they start tracking? How do they know how much protein? Because there's always like that overwhelmingness of like, oh my gosh, like there's so many different calculators. Like, where do I begin? Yep. So I would say number one is you have to figure out how many calories you're going to eat. That's just like the number one thing you have to do. Now, that in and of itself can be very overwhelming. They're like, well, there's a million different calculators. Do I use a TDE calculator? Do I use the one on this application? My fitness pal told me to eat this much. It's like, I don't know. So number one is this. It, the same holds true regardless of what the, the goal is. Something is always better than nothing. So number one, just try something. That being said, obviously, I think that my calorie calculator, which is free on YouTube, is I think probably the best for the vast majority of people. Um, that being said, I don't care which one you use. I, it doesn't bother me. It's just that you use one. And none of them are 100% accurate. None of them. That, right. that is the most like mine included it is not 100 percent accurate at all not it doesn't matter which one you use it doesn't matter how specific you get it doesn't matter how many calculations you do you will never 100 percent know and this is one of the major arguments against calorie counting it's like well you don't really know how many calories you need and uh, you don't really know how many calories are in food it's like yeah that's correct you don't know exactly how many calories you need you also never know exactly what your one rep max is in the gym but that doesn't prevent you from using percentages it's like it works just because you don't know exactly what your one rep max is doesn't mean you wouldn't use percentages or have an idea of how much weight you should lift. Use general approximations and consistency in that approximation will help you succeed. So use whatever calculator you want, find out how many calories you need to eat and follow that consistently for at least seven days, ideally at least 30 days. Track your progress from there. If you're losing weight, keep doing it. If you're not losing weight, 
change it. Odds are, if you're using a calculator online and you're consistent with what that number gives you for 30 days, you'll have lost weight. I think that the important thing to make note of here is someone will do the calculator online, whichever one they choose, they'll be consistent for 48 hours. Then their weight might spike up and they're like, well, it's not working. And then they quit. It's like, you did it for 48 hours, asshole. It's like, keep going. 30 days, you know, it's 48 hours is not like do it. And if after a week you haven't lost any weight, it's not 30 days, keep going. 30 days of consistency here. Then you can start to really figure out what you need to eat. Yeah, and there's also that approach of be flexible with your progress and pay attention, you know, like it, you gotta be flexible with that. If within maybe 10 or 14 days you didn't see any change, well then maybe take your calories down by a hundred. You know, you're not gonna, it's not gonna be that big of a difference for like your hunger levels, but it could be a difference on the scale. Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, and noting that, um, don't put in your exercise um, because that makes you eat a little bit more. That's, that's always like a teardropper when I tell my clients that I'm like, you can't do that. <laughs> don't add back your exercise calories. That was, that was, I mean, I think everyone in their fitness journey after certain, has to go through this point. At some point, I mean, let's, let's just be honest. I think every single person would rather work as hard as they can in the gym for an hour every day and then be able to eat whatever they want than actually have to be able to track what they're eating and have not be a glutton is really what it comes down to, right? Yeah. I think everybody would rather be a glutton. Like, who wouldn't want to be? Who wouldn't want to eat as much food of whatever they want if they just got to work out for an hour or two hours? I would, I would rather work out and sweat my ass off for two hours every day and then be a glutton. But there's a reason why being a glutton is like seriously such a huge issue. It's like, it's, you can very quickly eat all that food back and significantly more. So this is one of the, the truths that I would deny and deny and deny when I was coming up in fitness. And I like really wanted to like, it was just, I was like, oh no, no, I can outwork it. I can outwork it. But when the old cliche is like, you can't outrun your fork, it's, it's true. You, you really can't, no matter how hard you work, unless, unless you're working as hard as Michael Phelps, unless you're working outworking, uh, what was he like eight time Olympic gold medal, whatever it is, like swimmer. It's like, unless you're working as hard as him, you're not going to outrun it. <laughs> Yeah, and that's, that's such a sad truth, but I'm like, it's reality and you need to hear it, you know, because it's going to save you a lot of pain in the end because I know from my story, same thing. I'm like, gosh, why am I not losing weight? Or I lost weight and I was like skinny fat. And I'm like, that's not what we want. We want some muscles to show. Uh, so that's super key. And I like how simple um, you explained, just start somewhere. It's not the end of the road. It's not the end of your story. Story. It's only the beginning. And if you need to adjust it, you can. And you know, there's there's so many sources. And like you post all the time. I post all the time. Like what to do. So there's answers out there. It's just a matter of you got to take that first step and just do it. And I think that scares people. People of I got to be right. I got to be a hundred percent. I got to be perfect with each number and each gram. And it's like you really don't have to be. It's it's you don't. You don't, I, you know, it's, I use the example of, of the one rep max and lifting. It's if you go to any gym in the world and you like the, the bar is supposed to be 45 pounds. That's like what the standard is. 
you go to any gym in the world and you weigh every bar, some of them are going to be 42 pounds, maybe 48 pounds. You're going to take the 45 pound plate. It says 45 pounds on it. You're going to weigh it. And it's going to be like 41 pounds. It's like they don't all weigh exactly that amount. It's like you're never going to know exactly how many calories you're going to take in. You never know exactly how many calories you're burning. You, just, you never know. That's why you try your best to be as consistent as possible. And that's really why consistency is the most important because with that consistency, then you can track your progress and get a general idea of whether you're completely off base or you're on the right track. And it's not about being precise. It's about being consistent. I love that. Awesome. Awesome. So my second question, like totally switching gears. Uh, I want to ask you a question because you're so blunt and you're so funny. And that's what we love following you um, because of how honest you are. So here's a question for you. Let's say a client messages you and they're like, listen, here's Syed. Like I've been tracking my calories, getting in my protein and I'm getting like 800 calories a day or a thousand calories a day and I'm still not losing weight. How do you respond? No, you're not. <laughs> That's, it's usually you're not eating that little. Um, unless you're four foot six and you weigh 90 pounds, then maybe that's, maybe that's accurate. Um, it's, it's been interesting. One thing I've noticed is a lot of people will say they have a very difficult time getting enough protein in their diet. And I've always been intrigued by that because it's not difficult at all. Right. And I've always like, I was like, how is it difficult? And I struggled with this for a long time. I was like, how is it difficult? It's like, three ounces of salmon is really, it's not that fucking much salmon. I was like, how hard is it to really get this much? Like, they're like, ah, oh, I, I barely get like 20 grams a day. I'm like, what the fuck are you eating? Like, I don't understand it. And I realized they were getting more than enough protein. It was just that they didn't realize what a portion size looked like. They didn't realize how much they were actually eating. Now there are some people who aren't getting enough protein because literally they're just eating cereal and pasta and pizza, but that's not the majority of people. Most people who are trying to get more protein in, who are having it every meal are getting enough. They just don't realize it. So in the same works in reverse, the people who think that they're only eating 800 calories a day, it's like, you just have no idea how much you're eating. You're just, you don't know, which is why for me, if I'm working with someone, I'm not going to be an ass. I'm not going to be like, no, you're wrong. I'm not just going to say that to their face. I'll usually say, okay, cool. Do me a favor, get a food scale and just weigh everything you eat for 24 hours, 24 hours, weigh every single thing you eat and send me a picture of it. That's it. And, and that's all I'll do. I won't say you're wrong. I'm like, cool. Well, let's have a look, wait, get a food scale, take pictures of everything, weigh everything you eat. And for the people who actually do that every time, 100% of the time they come back and they're like, whoa, I didn't realize how many calories were in almonds. I had no idea. And they're like, I didn't realize how small the portion of peanut butter was. And I didn't realize how many calories were in olive oil. And I didn't realize that I was putting 200 calories of cream in my coffee. It's like all these things that they didn't know. And that's why it's, it's really important that like coaches get mad at people. They're like, well, you're lying. It's like, they're not lying. They, they just don't know. It's ignorance. Yeah. They're not coming at it from a malicious perspective. They just don't know. So as a coach, I've had to find ways how to structure a conversation to help them learn rather than me just tell them. Because generally as a coach, you know the answer, but your job isn't to, your job isn't to tell them what to see. It's to show them where to look. That's, that's really what it boils down to. So I used to say like, well, you don't know how much you're eating. And then as I realized a better way to go about it would be like, hey, do me a favor, just weigh everything you eat. Because it's different. If, if I say, hey, you don't know how much you're eating, their response is fuck off. 
But oh. if I say, hey, do me a favor, weigh how much, weigh what you're eating for 24 hours and we'll have a look at it. Now it's like, cool, I'll take responsibility for that. I'll look at it. Then they're like, oh my God, I had no idea how much I was eating. I was like, well, good thing we know now. Yeah. Because I tell you what, that learning experience, it's a game changer. Like the moment I weighed out cereal, I stopped eating cereal because I go, what is that? <laughs> like I would eat it. And then if there's some milk left over, like we don't waste milk in this house. We pour more cereal. Yeah. And I'm like, at the end of the day, it was like 600 calories for my bowl. I'm like, I should have just ate a Big Mac. Like, what was the point? <laughs> so, but, but I like that response. And of course you're not going to be like rude, but in reality, you know that if somebody's really eating that low, it's science. Like they're, they're going to lose weight, obviously. Um, so one thing I always tell my clients, I'm like, I, I literally ask them on a scale of one to 10, 10 being like perfect, you tracked everything. How would you rate yourself? And they're usually like, oh, like a six. So they kind of know. Yep. And so that kind of opens up the window of, well, what are we missing? What are we forgetting? And same thing as you breaking down their, their day. And I always ask about their BLTs, their bites, their legs, their tastes. You eating off your kid's plate? Like you got to track that because those little suckers add up. So I like your approach and taking it as a learning experience for the client. Um, because we were all in that moment where we didn't know exactly yep. like condiments. Like I thought those were zero calories. And then I quickly found out, no, they ate like you got to track those suckers or skip them. You, you so. know, it's so funny. One thing I started doing with my clients several years ago is I came up with this idea of a consistency calendar where every day, if they hit their calories, they hit their protein, they get their workout in, they put a red X on the calendar. And if they don't hit their calories or they don't hit their protein or they don't get their workout in, then they put a black circle. At the end of the month, you look at the calendar and you can objectively see how many days out of the month were you consistent or not. If you get to the end of the month and you have 25 days of consistency, which is really good, that's only 80% consistent. That's that 80-20. So it's only 80% there. That's a B minus if you're in high school or college and you're getting a grade. It's not like you're not the valedictorian for a B minus. You're not like getting an amazing grade. That's not like, all right, I'm getting into Harvard. It's like <clears throat> you're passing. You're going you're gonna to be fine. You'll make progress. But number one, don't look at the people who have 95% consistency and say, well, why are they getting better progress? Well, it's because they have more consistency. And, uh, and then if you have like, 50% consistency, which is really where most people end up lying. It's like, don't be mad that you're not making progress when you've only been 50% consistent. And it, it holds true for everything. It's funny. I started doing jujitsu about a year ago and every day you go in and like you have a card and every day that you attend class, they put in like, they sign off on your box. And when I first started going, I was like, man, I'm going so much. I'm being super consistent with it. But every day I got my card, I was like, man, I only went like two times this week. Like that's, that's, and having that in front of your face, it was like, cool, I really want to see this whole card filled up. It served as like an external source of motivation. I was like, I want to see this whole card full of consistencies. And that's surprise, surprise, when I started to get better at jujitsu. Amazing. Okay, totally off subject, but how many stripes do you have? Or do you, are you a blue belt yet? I only have two stripes right now. <laughs> I'm one behind you. <laughs> are you loving it? Um, yeah, this whole COVID thing stopped it, but, um, I did it in the past and it's, it's so awesome. It's like a chess game. It's so weird, but I tell you what, that is the most intense cardio session oh my God. ever, ever. I like after that, like the treadmill is like glorious. Like, yeah, it's so easy. Yeah. It's so funny. I, I completely agree. 
it's jujitsu has been a, a huge game changer for me. I, I came from wrestling. I wrestled for 10 years. I wrestled mm-hmm. from eight years old to 18 years old. So, um, I love, I love the sport. I love jujitsu. It's absolutely brutal beyond measure in terms of both the physical aspect, but also the, the mental aspect. It's like, it's, it's human chess, right? It's really what it is. It's human chess. It's, there's so many components to it. There's so many, far more complex than weightlifting, like mm-hmm. far more complex. And it's, it's interesting to be in a situation in which you're actually fighting someone and you're also going through steps in your head of like, okay, well, how can I do this? It's, it's chess is one thing. Chess is hard enough as is, but add the component of someone trying to choke you out while you're playing chess. I think that's a good example of what jujitsu is. I think I would forget to breathe. That was my biggest issue. Like I would just turn purple. Like you're just focusing on doing stuff. They're like, Tanya, breathe. And it's like, you literally forget to breathe because you're trying not to get choked out. But it's so, such a smooth transition of like rolling with somebody, but it's so intense, but that's awesome. Good job on your two stripes. Awesome. It's such an accomplishment when they wrap that little piece of tape on there. Awesome. Um, so, for our lightning round, okay, so I just have a series of questions and I just want you to answer the first thing that comes to your mind because I think it's so interesting when other people hear like what you have to say. So, ready? Yep. Okay, cake or pie? Pizza. <laughs> Favorite book? Harry Potter series. Should have guessed that. Who inspires you? My mom. Aw. One place you'd like to go and travel? Tibet. Favorite quote? He who hesitates is lost. If you were to ask God one question, what would that be? What the fuck is going on right now? (laughs) (laughs) Oh Oh my gosh, Ty, you're so awesome. Um, I want to say thank you so much for being on the show. You're so awesome to talk to, so knowledgeable. Your approach is so simplistic. We love your humor. Thank you for showing up every day. That is not an easy task to do, to be present on social media, YouTube, podcasts, liking you're doing it all. Just letting you know, we all appreciate it. We all watch you and support you. And we're just grateful for your time because you could easily be doing other stuff. So we want to thank you for your passion. Um, Is there anything that you're promoting right now that you want to talk about? No, nothing. I I appreciate you having me on. Don't buy anything from me. Just, just. There, there's nothing to buy. Just enjoy my content. I hope it helps. And how, if people are listening and they want to follow you, what's the best way to follow you on social media? Uh, my, I have my own podcast, the Jordan site, mini podcast, uh, Instagram, YouTube. If you just search Jordan S Y A T T, you'll find it. Awesome. Thank you, Jordan, so much for, for joining us. And hopefully we'll get you back on the show in the future. I would love to anytime. Thank you. Thank you, Syed. Bye.